This is a Spiva Media production. The views and opinions expressed on Crippled Opinion are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the position of others with physical or mental disabilities. This is Crippled Opinion, where every opinion matters, no matter how crippled. Here's the host of Crippled Opinion, Daniel Spiva. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. My name is Daniel Spiva and this is Crippled Opinion and it's been a lovely week. Hope your week is starting out well. It's good to be back in the studio. It's been a few weeks and I am happy to report that my side projects have come to a close, at least a big chunk of them. Over the last several months, I've been working with Cindy Liming and helping her produce her podcast, Your Daily Dose of Awesome. And we've been working not only on on-show content, but off-show content and working on her website. And that website has been a huge undertaking for Spiva Media And so we were taking time to get that complete and at its fullest potential. Now it's good to go. It's running on its own. It's exciting. If you haven't heard Your Daily Dose of Awesome with Cindy Liming, you should go check it out and let us know what you think. Or at least go check out YDDOA.com or YourDailyDoseOfAwesome.com. And let me know what you think of the website. But that's not really meant to be a plug for a show. Just kind of letting you know what I'm up to. So now that that's done, I'm hoping to get on a rotation every two weeks. A new show here for Crippled Opinion. So that is the plan. And as I've been thinking about this week's show, I've been really just thing in general a lot about what I've been dealing with. I don't know if I'm the only one who has ever dealt with this or not, but as I have grown up, I have felt as though being me and being not okay is not okay, if you understand what I mean. I feel like society tends to tell us that you have to be okay, that you have to be top of your game at all times, and that if you feel anything less than that, it's not okay. I think for me, at least, a lot of that comes from growing up and certain groups of people putting me on pedestals, which I have no interest being on. And they had this sort of vision of me. And so I felt like anytime I was around this group of people, 
had to put on a show. I always have to put on a show. I always have to look and feel a certain way. And if I'm not projecting this, then I'm failing them and failing myself, which I didn't want to do. So as a result, I just got used to not really being honest with myself as to what was really going on. Or even if I knew how I was feeling, I was just kind of spending more time sort of telling myself that you can't think about that. You have to think this way instead. Those things, pretend like they don't exist and feel this way instead. And this past week... I was just not feeling myself. Well, there's a lot going on, personal stuff that we'll get into in this podcast, but there's a lot going on out of my control. And it just sort of hit me that, you know what? There is a lot going on in my control. And the first thing that's in my control is me... And right now, I'm not feeling the greatest. And for the last week and a half, because I went through this for two weeks, I spent a whole week and a half just trying to mask that feeling and trying to forget I was feeling that way rather than actually dealing with my feelings. Am I making sense? Like I feel like that was a long roundabout way to get here where we're at now. But I hope that makes sense. And after coming to that realization, I addressed what I was feeling. Not really why I was feeling that way, because for me, when I try to address the why I feel a certain way that I feel, I try to fix it so that I never have to feel that way again. And for me right now, it's not about that. It's about allowing myself to feel the way that I was feeling and then moving past it. And I did. And I'm feeling good about it because I was able to address it and move on from it. And I say all of that to say to you that no matter what you're dealing with in life, there are emotions that come with it and it's okay to allow yourself to feel the emotions. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only person that's quick to fixing whatever's going on versus allowing me to be in the moment and just live with it for a second. I'm just quick to fix things. And it's okay to just let things be. And so for anyone out there, Dealing with stuff, because we all have our own version of stuff for anyone out there. It's okay. It's okay to feel, and it's okay to be present. You don't have to rush to an answer or to completion. And once I got through that, I was watching a documentary on YouTube, and I've talked about this 
creator before, Shane Dawson. He has a documentary series that if you know anything about modern day pop culture, you kind of know this series has been coming. But for those of you that don't, this series is a series focused on a mogul in the beauty cosmetics industry known as Jeffree Star. Now, my audience is kind of split into two groups of people. So I'm just going to say this. Say what you want about people and their choices and how they choose to live their life. That's not what this is about. But what I took away from part one and part two of this Jeffree Star Shane Dawson collaboration is that Jeffree Star just does his life. He just goes for it and has made a full on career out of passion, out of pushing away what other people may think of him, good or bad. He just kind of pushes through and lets the results be what the results are going to be. And for me, that was inspiring. For me, it was encouraging because while I will never work in the beauty industry, the fact that he changes people's lives, millions of people's lives, simply by creating a product that he's passionate about, it just, I don't know, just the idea of that is impactful to me because I want to change people's lives. When I put together this podcast, the idea that it can impact hundreds of millions of people's lives that idea is amazing to me. And I hope to be that impactful one day. May be me, may never be me. I'm so late to the game as far as trying to be in the industry in that way. So it may never happen. And if it does, great. If it doesn't, those of you that are here, and listening to me now, I hope that I'm impacting your life in a good way, that I'm creating thoughts for you and taking you down a thought path that you might not have otherwise gone down, perhaps helping you get through life, difficult parts, good parts, perhaps providing entertainment for you as you're on your commute to and from work. But I just hope that I'm that for someone, and who knows, maybe one day I can be that for, for millions. That's my hope. That's what I'm here to do, impacting your lives and also putting my own thoughts out there because you know what? My thoughts matter. Disabled or not, my thoughts matter. And so do yours. And with that, we're going to jump into the topics for today. So there is this 
scam. As I was doing research for this show, there's this scam that popped up. And I found it intriguing more because of the the video article. Video article, what am I talking about? Because of the video connected to this article. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play the article. Again, it's about fake news sites and how they are trying to use diet pills to get you to click. But I find it interesting, their perspective. Watch. You've probably seen questionable ads on your Facebook or Instagram feed for weight loss pills and other products. Most of us just ignore them, but consumer reporter John Mattery shows us the latest trick they're using to get you to click so you don't waste your money. So it's a new trick, right? It's a new trick. So what is this trick? Let's see. We've all heard the term fake news and there's lots of debate over who it applies to. But there's no debate over this. Fake news websites that appear to be endorsing beauty products. Legitimate news websites from CNBC, CNN, Fox News and more are now being copied by diet pill promoters. So it looks like a legitimate news story, according to ConsumerWorld.org. Wait, wait. They're calling this new? This reporter is calling it new from ABC 27 to be specific. This isn't new. This isn't new. I don't know. Maybe I'm just so with it that I find this reporting to be absurd that they're calling this new. This has been around forever, forever use at least I've seen it all the time with job applications. Work from home and you can make thousands of dollars a week and CNBC and Fox News and CNN have all reported on this wonderful work from home job. And then you might click on one of the news sites that they're referencing, right? So they'll hyperlink So they'll hyperlink the so they'll hyperlink the logo for the news network and you'll click on it and then they will make a carbon copy of the news site so that it looks like for example CNN is embracing this job. So this isn't new, okay? And if you're seeing what they're talking about with these diapills, no, this is not new. This is not new, and if you are not sure if it's a legitimate news site or not, check the link, the hyperlink up at the top, the HTTP colon slash slash www dot, like check the URL, for those of you that don't know, like check the URL and see if it matches. So for example, if they're claiming to be a CNN user or a CNN article, Check to see what the URL in your web browser says. If it doesn't say CNN, the very front, for example, it's a scam. Anyway, let's see what the rest of this is about. 
Kelly Clarkson and Tamron Hall, both with new shows, are among the clickbait stories you may encounter. Here, a Today Show report says Kelly Clarkson was forced to lose 105 pounds. It says Ellen DeGeneres gave her a keto weight loss supplement that worked magic. But it's all fake. Yeah. For real. Because I'm telling you right now, if any of that was real, <laughs> companies like NBC would be shut down because that kind of stuff wouldn't fly. Shouldn't fly, but it wouldn't fly in this culture. Speaking of Kelly Clarkson and her new show, there is a segment that I want to talk about. And it it's about deaf people and their ability to enjoy music concerts. And that's great as all people can enjoy music. However, Kelly Clarkson had this individual on her show to discuss a documentary about these interpreters that work at these concerts. And that's all fine, but it's the person I want to talk about. I want to get your insights on this. Listen. Month, and my next guest is shining a light on some unsung heroes in the deaf community. She's a filmmaker, and her documentary, Sign the Show, features sign language interpreters who help hearing impaired music lovers enjoy the concert experience. Please welcome Kat Brewer, y'all. So, the documentary isn't about those that are enjoying the concert, it's about the interpreters. And I know this segment's from September. I'm a little bit behind, but I wanted to talk about it anyway. But we're talking about a documentary about the interpreters working at these concerts. Okay, let's keep moving. I was so honored to be a part of the project. Like, I thought it was the coolest thing. Um, what made you get into this? Um, I went to a concert about six years ago and for the very first time saw a sign language interpreter mm -hmm. signing the show. And I was completely ignorant. I didn't know that deaf people enjoyed music or liked to go to concerts. So I started talking to the interpreter. And okay. So she was a music goer or a concert goer. Just happened to notice the interpreter. Didn't expect that deaf people would be at a concert. Talked to the interpreter. So, the, so far that's her journey. Let's keep going and found out that yes, deaf people love music. Mm -hmm. And then I started communicating with the deaf people through the interpreter and found- Ooh, wait a second. See, okay, I heard this the other day and I did not finish the clip because that statement that she just said just really irks me. I started talking to the deaf people through the interpreter to find out that they enjoy music. If someone said to me that they were wanting to talk to other disabled people through their caregivers because they didn't think that Disabled people who couldn't use their legs enjoyed track meets. 
I would be angry. <laughs> like, just because we can't use our legs doesn't mean we won't we wouldn't enjoy a sport or an event evolving the use of that. The same goes for people enjoying concerts that happen to be hard of hearing or deaf. Why I mean why couldn't she have just said I talked to those who use interpreters at concerts or I talked to those who are hard of hearing at concerts to find out how they enjoy concerts while being deaf to know more or find another way to put it cuz in my mind this just sounds like a cash grab using disabled individuals as tokens for this documentary. Let's keep listening. Found out that they love to go to live music, but that they face a lot of challenges in getting access to that live entertainment. So I was like, well, let me write an article for the school newspaper. And then a friend said, no, you should do a documentary. And I was like, okay. Oh Good my gosh! Yes. I'll just you. do a doc. So, is this your first film? First ever. I've been a teacher for wow. twenty years. Wait. So you were gonna do an article, and then someone says, "Do a documentary," and your only answer is, "Okay." Honestly, I maybe I'm wrong, but I'm questioning her motive. I'm questioning legitimately her motive as to why she did this project because so far one minute into this interview and all I hear is that you were using those with a disability to make a documentary about something to put your name out there with no real intention of making change just to have something out there because you say, or as I played in the last second of the clip there, she's a teacher. She probably wanted to find another way to make money because we all know teachers are underpaid. And this was a way to do it. I doubt she's special ed. Let's listen. Appreciated and underpaid. Thank you. Coming from a teacher's kid. I kids. love what so I do. Thank you for doing that. And this is incredible that it's your first journey in yes. like filmmaking. Yes, and I've been so blessed with people, artists who are so generous with their time. You, uh, obviously. Um. Oh, I love being a part of it. It's always, we always have, do you have interpreters oh, at yeah. your show? Yeah. yeah. They, they have them at many shows. Yes, when they're requested. And yeah. so it's um, by law, if a deaf person requests an interpreter, then one has to be provided for them yeah. under the Americans with Disabilities Act. Yeah. But it doesn't happen all the time. They face a lot of obstacles to get that access. So um, folks like you, D.L. Hughley, Andre 3000 from Outcast, yeah. Jody Messina. Um, Love, and grew up on yeah, that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> lot, lots of folks, including Senator Cory Booker, have been in support of my film and, and providing, making sure that the deaf and hard of hearing community have access to live entertainment. I mean, all of that's great, but I don't see how a documentary can change the way the access is granted or the regularity of the access. Because guess what? 
the laws are already in place. So if people are not getting the assistance that they need based on the way the law is written, then the people that are not providing the access to these individuals going to these shows are not following the letter of the law. Let me say it again. If the access is difficult and is not happening 100% of the time, the people at fault are the people running these shows responsible for gaining the access. And they are defying the laws within the ADA's Act in the United States. Period. And a documentary ain't going to solve that. What's going to solve that is someone saying, this is against the law. This isn't fair. This isn't right. The law, the law already prevents it. Get it together. But instead, we are using it as a tool to pat ourselves on the back. Oh, these artists always have interpreters available. Yeah. No. No. I don't know. Maybe I'm speaking on a turn because this is not a disability scenario that I have firsthand experience with. So I've never needed an interpreter, never known anyone who needs an interpreter on a regular basis, so I can't speak to it. But I do find it absurd that a documentary is being made about this. Let's spend that money towards getting the change made that needs to be made in order for these live event coordinators to do what they need to do based on how the law is already written. Anyway, your thoughts on that, your thoughts on that are helpful. I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I shouldn't be speaking on it, which is probably why you hear my tone. Cause I don't know, to me, my tone on this is just a little off. Like I'm real iffy talking about it because I have no experience with it, but I just feel like the documentary motive is misplaced and the method about fixing the problem is incorrect. And there are better ways to solve the problem. But maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I, maybe I'm wrong and this is the only way to do it. I would love to know. That's my crippled opinion. What's yours? Let me know at crippled opinion on all social media, or you can message me personally at Daniel Spiva official on Instagram and Facebook and at D Spiva on Twitter Send me a message. I would love to know your thoughts on these things or other things. I have a wonderful show planned out for two weeks from now. So just know that there are shows coming and I would love to know your opinion. Everybody's opinion is a little bit crippled, including yours. Let me hear it and I'll speak to you next time. Bye-bye. Continue the conversation and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Crippled Opinion.